Good evening, everybody. It got quiet, so I took that as a sign that I need to get up. And Jerry wasn't here to tell me I was running late, so. Tonight we'll have one song, and then we'll have the announcements, which I'm assuming is David. Uh, three more songs, and then we'll have our lesson. Our first song this evening is number 932. And if you would, let's stand for this song, please. 932, then 933, Holy Ground. This is only Good evening, church family. A couple announcements before we have our devotional. Uh, some graduation parties are coming up here soon. Uh, Mike and Kelly has invited everyone to Mally's graduation party. It's outdoors at their house. Uh, this Saturday, May 29th, from 4 to 7, so please put that in your calendars. Also, Chad and Jennifer Judge has invited everyone from the congregation as well to Libby's gra graduation party uh, Saturday on the 29th as well at their house from 6 to 9. So you can go from one to the other. So that's great. So, um, so everybody support our seniors. Updates on our prayer list. Kevin Harvey broke his arm in three places yesterday at, while at work. He's undergoing surgery tomorrow at St. Mary's, so keep Kevin Harvey in your prayers. Yvonne Cornell is having a knee replacement this coming Friday, so keep her in your prayers. Uh, Wayne is doing better, so remember to continue to keep him in your prayers. Dottie Hager is now at home, and, and she's starting to begin physical therapy. And Vicki Chapman, she works with Jerry and Mary at the Chesapeake office. Um, she has COVID, and uh, she's at St. Mary's, so remember to keep Vicki in your prayers as well. 
Uh, Merritt continued to keep Kristen Ward, Rusty Leap, Carol Galloway, Donna Henning, Trey Davis, Eugene Stover, and many others that are on our thoughts and our hearts and our minds at this time. That's all the announcements I have. Um, Chris will have our devotional, and Joe Galloway will have our closing prayer. At this time, let's go to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for blessing us with this day, this day to come here to learn more about your word, to be able to apply your word to our everyday lives. Lord, take what we learn from Chris and from what we learn from our Bible classes and our teachers this, this evening, Lord, and that we'll be a shining light within our community, Lord, that others will see you in us. Lord, continue to be with our elders and our deacons here. Continue to be with their families, watch over them. Be with them as they continue making decisions for the church, Lord. Let them always be true to your word and follow your word. Lord, continue to be with our sick that we just mentioned. Be with ones who are dealing with cancer and COVID at this time, Lord. Ones who have doctor's appointments. Just be with them and be with the doctors who are taking care of them. Lord, continue to be with our shut-ins. Lord, let's be encouragement to our shut-ins and and give them a call to let them know that we are thinking of them and that they are missed. And if there's anything we could do to help help them spiritually, Lord. Lord, continue to be with our youth and the graduates, Lord, at this time. Let them always continue to follow you and follow your path. Let, let them use your word and guidance of life. Lord, we also pray that if anybody needs needs you this, this evening, Lord, that they will come forward. If they're not baptized, that they will, Lord, that uh, one day we'll have eternal life with you. Lord, forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Our next song is number 892. 892, The Steadfast Love of the Lord. Steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Grace is like faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Next song is number 888. Thank you, Lord.
Last song before the lesson will be number 829. 829, Mansion Over the Hilltop.
Song of Invitation will be number 655. 655, Fountain Free. Good evening. You ever had the stomach bug? I think a lot of us have, right? You probably didn't set out that morning trying to get the stomach bug, though, do you? You didn't go around looking for people that were rushing around, going to the bathroom and saying, hey, give me a hug. You didn't, you didn't try to get the stomach bug, did you? Some things it's really possible to do without intentionality. Uh, like falling, like breaking an arm, like getting sick, uh, like doing poorly on a test, like not doing well at your job. Some things it's pretty easy to do well without forethought. Most of those things are bad. <laughs> Most of those things are negative things, right? You just go back through the list that we just uh, listed off. None of those things were positive things. So it's possible to do things without forethought, but it's not usually a very good idea, is it? Certainly your spirituality is one of those things that is going to require intentionality. You're going to have to mean to grow your faith. It doesn't just happen um, by accident. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Paul has quite a bit to say to this congregation. Over the years, uh, they have gone from a beleaguered congregation who are in the midst of uh, just this tumultuous culture that is so antagonistic towards Christ, uh, to edging their way toward that culture. Do you know how they did that? Well, they didn't intend not to. That's kind of what happens, right? They didn't intend not to. They didn't make a plan to not slide closer and closer to their culture and farther and farther away from Christ. And so while Paul spent three and a half years in this city, spent longer in Ephesus than he did anywhere else by several years, at least from the records that we have, even the great apostle Paul's presence and all of his teaching to this congregation was not enough to make them stalwart, to make them unmovable, because they didn't make a plan. There was no forethought. We need to have forethought. If we're going to grow spiritually, it's going to have to be something that we intend to do. You're going to have to have a plan. Remember, if there are some things that you can do and not have a plan to, to do those things. But it doesn't usually, those aren't, those aren't good things, right? So if we're going to grow spiritually, we have to have a plan. And if we're going to affect others, if we're going to pass our faith on, we're going to have to even have a more intricate plan. We're not just talking passing our faith on to our children, although that is an imperative in Scripture. Remember back in Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses 4 through 6, God lays out the plan for how He wants families to pass down their faith. Parents are to, do you remember the verse? As you walk along the way, as you sit down, as you rise up, you speak to your children about the Lord. So he gives you the impression all the time. Your life is so permeated with your devotion to Christ that every decision that you make, it intersects your faith. And so our children get to see that work out in our own lives. They get to see us 
work through those decisions. And so what may seem like a very small decision, which might, what might seem like a very small compromise, maybe in our children's eyes, is not such a small compromise because they don't see our faith intersecting with real life. So, if we're going to pass our faith on, we're going to have to have a plan. We're not just talking, though, about passing our faith on to the next generation. We're talking about passing our faith on to those around us. And Ephesians chapter 4 speaks to this. Listen to what he says here in verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers... To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. There's more to this passage that we need to pay attention to. But we need to stop right there and just talk for a second about who are these these players that he's talking about. The apostles and prophets are just who you think they are. The twelve apostles and there were prophets in the New Testament church that spoke for God. Just like the Old Testament prophets did. My opinion is I think they were saying some of the stuff that, that God writes in Scripture. Uh, so like the things that, uh, that God wrote to the Ephesians would have shown up in the church in Rome. The different lesson for a different day. But those two offices in the church don't exist anymore. Those ceased with the end of the miraculous age there toward the end of the first century. And so we don't have apostles and prophets today, but we do still have evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. Now, who are these, these people? I'm not necessarily any one of those people. Uh, you see the word evangelist there, and he's not talking about the preacher. He's talking about someone who is absorbed with evangelism. Now, that ought to be the preacher, but that also ought to be a lot of us in the pews, right? We ought to be absorbed with evangelism. That ought to be uh, what our focus is, right? It ought to be something that we constantly think about. And so he says those people have a job, and, and, and if they work the plan, they will equip the saints for the work of ministry. The shepherds are the elders. It's, it's the word here for, for, uh, for shepherd, uh, but it's just one of the, the words that he uses for elders. And so uh, the next word he uses here is teachers, and those are people who are concerned with teaching the truth. Biblical teaching, right? So while this list looks fairly small, it actually encompasses a great majority of the congregation here. And so he says these people, these evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers, our job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. This word equip is a really interesting word in Greek. He's literally saying that you are making something function the way it was always intended to function. This word equip is you are making something function the way it was always intended to function. Let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, this word is used about Peter when he's repairing his fishing nets. He and John are out repairing the fishing nets. He's equipping them. He, he's making them function the way that they were always intended to function. They have a, 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 a use. And if they're not meeting their use, they're, they're useless, right? And so he says he's tying the knots back into the, the fishing net so they can catch fish. He's, he's using it. He's making it useful for what it was always intended to be used for. This word's also used um, 
for God bringing the universe into its intended shape. What, it, what he always intended it to be used for, he's, he's doing that. It's also uh, used for restoring a fallen Christian. And so it's making it useful in the, in the uh, instance that it was always intended to be used for. And so that's what we do as evangelists, as shepherds, as teachers... We equip the rest of the congregation to do the jobs that they were, you, we were always intended to do in the first place. And we build up the body of Christ. Okay? So how long do we do that for? Can we get that done in five years? Can we get that done in ten years? Because a lot of us have a five-year or ten-year plan, right? Or a 20-year plan. A lot of us have that. So how long do we do this for? Well, verse 13 and 14 tell us how long we do that for. How long is our focus? How long is our plan? It, it's, it's a pretty big plan. <laughs> Understatement of the day there. Look in verse 13. He says, We do this until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So this unity of the faith, this is when we all believe the exact same thing. In Paul's day, especially in the Ephesian congregation, this is a cosmopolitan city. This, the people are coming from all walks of life. Some of these guys are Jews, and they have grown up knowing God. <coughs> and when they come to Christ, they are already spiritual giants. Um, these men knew, and ladies knew, Scripture, they knew God. They just didn't know Christ and what he demanded from them this new way. And so when they come to him, they're already spiritual giants. But then on the other side of the spectrum, you have some pagans who come out of Ephesus. In fact, uh, the, the temple for um, Artemis of the Ephesians is in Ephesus. And it was one of the ancient wonders of the world. Um, people from all over the, the Roman world would have come to this temple to worship. And in fact... Several silversmiths during Paul's stay in Ephesus uh, caused this uproar, and they were one of the reasons he had to leave the city. And so you have a lot of pagan people who have no history with God, who don't know anything about him, don't never experienced any kind of worship to a, a singular God, didn't understand that there was one God who created everything we see. And so you've got this huge disparity between the members of the congregation. And he says, until we all believe the same things, we keep on equipping. We keep on working until this unity has been achieved. But even beyond that, he says that there's also this unity in the knowledge of the Son of God. Knowledge in Scripture is never just intellectual assent. It's always Knowing them. It's, it's always um, me reacting like Jesus would react to a certain situation. It's not just intellectual ascent. It's not just a knowledge of him like we might think about it. But it's reacting like he would react. It's becoming more and more like him every day. Until we get to that point that we are like Jesus, we keep on building each other up. We keep on equipping each other. And then finally he says, we keep on doing this until we reach mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Remember when you were little uh, and you would, you would back up against your mom or dad 
and, and you would see how high, how, how tall you were in comparison to them. Or maybe you had marks on the wall that said, you know, this is where I was last summer, this is where I am now. You're trying to match up, right? Paul says, until you can match up, until you're even with Christ, we keep on equipping. We, we keep on working. We're never satisfied. That takes a plan. That takes intentionality. This is not an easy thing to do. It takes forethought. It takes planning. And so that's my encouragement to you tonight. It's very, very simple encouragement uh, from, from the devotional. Let's make a plan. Let, let's work the plan so that we can become closer and closer to Christ. This, this evening, if you don't if you haven't been baptized, that's the very first step to becoming more and more like him. You have to have, to your, you have, to have your sins washed away through the power of his blood. Maybe you've already made that decision tonight. And you just need the prayers of this congregation uh, to be who God would have you to be. So that you can start and continue your journey on with him to maturity. If you have any need tonight, won't you come as we stand and sing? please our gracious heavenly father we come to you now thanking you for the opportunity to gather together here this evening and to worship you father we thank you for the ability to sing songs of praise to you and to encourage each other with our singing father we thank you that we can open your word and learn how you'd have us to be how you'd have us to change so that we might be like your son. Father, we pray that you look in our hearts and help us to make the changes that we need to make in order to become what you'd have us to be. Thank you, Father, for this congregation. Thank you for the leaders. Thank you for the ministers. Thank you for the teachers. Father, thank you 
for all that you provided here, all the spiritual blessings that we receive through this congregation. Thank you, Father, for our life itself, for the joy and the happiness and the fellowship that we have with each other. Guide us as we go from here to our classes. Help us, Father, to delve into your word and to understand what you'd have us to understand. Go with us now as we depart from here for our classes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.